Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump desperately want Trump gone, and I I know that they desperately want it codified, that Trump cannot run again, because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes, and I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Delighted, as always, to share time with you today. Remember to follow us, Wendy Bell Radio Network app. Also, Wendy Bell Radio Podcast. It sounds good because it is good because it's conservative and it makes sense. So we're talking specifically about this awakening. I mean, I thought we were awake when we were in college. So I was in college 88 to 92, grad school to 94. I knew back then what the deal was. I knew how the system worked. You knew that you had specific professors And if you did not vomit back to them what they wanted you to think, then your grade would suffer. The sham of higher education was very clear to us. When we were freshmen, for heaven's sakes, it wasn't a mystery. And it's only gotten progressively worse. It's this elite little club of people who believe they're so intellectually superior to other people. There are some who are phenomenal professors. People who are outstanding thought leaders who create an environment where students determine who they are, how they feel, the prism through which they see the world, how they find their role in it. There are some. But it's really a lot of snobs who think that their value is connected to the stupid diploma on the wall. Do you care? I don't care. What am I learning? I'm learning... Not what to think, how to think. And when you allow hacks like Claudine Gay, who is literally a a creation of the left, she was given the pedigree like Barack Obama. (coughs) Excuse me, Barack Obama cherry-picked from Colombia. Groomed. It's not dissimilar to what's going on in our schools today. It's just not. In terms of grooming our children to do things that are completely ridiculous. I fundamentally reject that. 
in case you didn't know. So we have all these examples now coming out of the woodwork of Dr. Claudine Gay plagiarizing parts of her educational background. You're farcical. You're a you're a phony. You're as phony as Barack Obama. Barack Obama wasn't good for this country. And they created this illusion that if you didn't vote for him, that that latent white nationalist bigot in you was going to come out. And I was like, well, I, I, I don't, I don't want to feel racist. I, I, I got to vote for a guy. No, you don't. His policies were predicated on suck. And he took this country down and flushed us into the toilet bowl of yuck for eight years. Thank goodness. Thank goodness for Donald Trump. Thank goodness. Can you imagine where we'd be if Hillary Clinton won? I mean, what the hell would this be like? You think it's weird now? You put Bill and Hill on it? Forget about it. So Claudine Gay. Plagiarizing, plagiarizing, plagiarizing. That's unfortunate. It's unacceptable is what it is. There's a code of ethics. There's a code of decency. Apparently not for some people. Now, the National Association of Scholars is calling for the removal of Harvard's president. Let's get into the details here. The National Association of Scholars has called for the removal of Harvard President Claudine Gay following allegations of plagiarism. Now, you're going to get a give and go. You're going to get these folks who are like, she's got to go. The woman is not representative of what we're trying to convey at this elite university. And then you're going to have the people at the elite university who are in the trenches with her, but not really going to come out of the woodwork and support her. No, she's phenomenal. Look at all that she's done. Don't let her go because of some past indiscretions. I only cheated on you, honey, a couple times. It wasn't often. Does it matter? No. In an open letter released just hours ago, the National Association of Scholars said that Claudine Gay's botched testimony before Congress on December 5th, blah, 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 made her unworthy of her administrative position. I don't disagree. If you can't hard stop, say, you know what? Some people calling for the slaughter of other people. I'm going to go with, yeah, that violates what we say on this campus. Put a sock in it. Do it outside. Go somewhere else in Massachusetts and ruin that segment of this blue city state thing. All right? It's not allowed here. Not happening. Quote, the National Association of Scholars calls on the Harvard Corporation. That's what it is. guy. That's what it is. Harvard Corporation to remove Claudine Gay from Harvard College's president. Presidency. Group said. President Gay is at the center of the controversy that followed her December 5th. Her answers on that occasion were far from satisfactory, but they are not the only reason why she should be removed from the presidency. Her performance on December 5th should be, to borrow a word she used repeatedly repeatedly on that occasion, put into context. <clears throat> Love it. The letter then cited her, quote, shoddy professional work and her quote record of plagiarism it also cited her promotion of racial policies i am the mother of five white catholic that i know of straight boys don't know for sure gonna roll the dice 
Should my kids suffer because they don't check the boxes that Dr. Claudine Gay, a, a plagiarist, leftist, toxic, should they be able to suffer, forced to suffer because we live in crazy town USA? According to the National Association of Scholars, no. Jig is up. Game over. Get out the hook and drag that woman off the stage, they're saying. This is their letter. All right, I'm going to click on it. I know, this is my technology. Twitter, I know, I'm very good at this. Let's go. This is the National Association of Scholars. The National Association of Scholars calls on the Harvard Corporation to remove Claudine Gay from Harvard College's presidency. She's at the center of a controversy that followed her December 5th testimony to the House Committee on Education and the Workforce, in which she found herself unable to give a clear answer to questions about what Harvard could or would do in response to calls for genocide against Jews. Her answers on that occasion were far from satisfactory, but they are not the only reason why she should be removed. Her shoddy professional work, her record of plagiarism, her promotion of racist policies. Oh, and here's one just to kick you in the teeth. Her vindictive and arbitrary administrative punishment of Harvard College members. It's a freaking cult. It's not about equal. It's about extra. When we had Jamie Michelle from Gays Against Groomers on right before she blew up, putting out the, the quiet part out loud, saying, I'm a gay woman, and all this jazz that I'm seeing is so messed up, right? And she said to me on the phone, in this on this radio program, Wendy, it's not about equal for this lgbtq craze it's about extra extra protections extra everybody walk around on on eggshells extra every dorm has to have some stupid rainbow flag well where's my straight flag where's my mom flag where's the american freaking flag oh don't worry about that we have much more important things to talk about vindictive look i don't know what it is friends i i I don't know what it is i don't have tremendous first-hand knowledge of of being extraordinary but i can tell you that in my tv career i climbed to the pinnacle of where i was there was no going higher why is that that it affects some people in one way and others say hey We need to all work together. We need to win in the ratings. We need to give the best, you know, effort. We need to own breaking news. We need to tell the truth. We need to innovate and think outside the box. We need to be every single day that good. Not look at me. I'm a celebrity. Claudine Gay like many of these people, started believing the Kool-Aid that they'd been pumping into her along the, the early phases of her educational career. You are that special. You are that smart. We have monsters, ladies and gentlemen. There are monsters in science. Think Dr. Freaking Fauci. There are monsters in research. Think Dr. Michelle Walensky. And there are monsters in education. And this gal seems to be 
in the mix running for president of it. So what about these 650 Harvard faculty who back up Claudine Gay? They're saying, don't fire me. Look at me. I stood up for you. You remember this. It's like a donation to a suck candidate. Yes? Let's read what they're all about. Mm-hmm. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. More than 650 Harvard faculty members signed a letter urging leadership not to fire university president Claudine Gay after her testimony at a congressional hearing regarding anti-Semitism. Brock weighs in and says they should do what? Fire them all. Well, then there's that. The letter was written and addressed to the Harvard Corporation. Same folks, right, that the scholars group has said, get rid of this woman. Addressing the corporation, they wrote that, quote, they urge you in the strongest possible terms to defend the independence of the university and to resist political pressures that are at odds with Harvard's commitment to academic freedom to plagiarize. I added that, sorry, including calls for the removal of President Claudine Gay, the critical work of defending a culture of free inquiry in our diverse community cannot proceed if we let it Let its shape be dictated by outside forces. Well, you suck and you should all be fired. There you go. I agree with Brock. Shut up. Stop trying to tell us what's going on. You guys are all in a little wacko cult. Dare to walk off campus. See see what's going on in the world. Buy some eggs. Try to get a mortgage. See how that works. I want to read this. Daily Caller. This is important. I'm going to read you this It's not an opinion piece. It's just, it's a contributor piece by a man named Will Pierce. And Will Pierce worked on, he was the director of the draft Biden campaign in 2016. He worked on Bernie Sanders campaign for president. This guy is a Democrat socialist, right? This is the title of what he writes. I advised Bernie and raised funds for Biden. Now I'm joining the Republican Party. What? Say what? This is what he writes. I've been a loyal Democrat for as long as I can remember. I spearheaded Joe Biden's exploratory effort in 2015. Served as a senior advisor to Senator Bernie Sanders for the 2016 and 2020 elections. Even played a role as a fundraiser for Biden during the 2020 general. But despite my active involvement in the Democratic Party, the concerns I hold regarding the party's direction in recent years can no longer be ignored. I love our country, he writes. That is why I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party, a party that is focused on dividing us by radicalizing every issue and undermining our rights enshrined in the Constitution. The main reason I'm leaving the Democratic Party, he writes, is its utter disconnect with the American people. The party that once championed the working class has now been overtaken by elites in affluent hubs who could not care less about the struggles of the average American. This shift has left many of us, including myself, unheard and feeling like an afterthought of the Democratic Party. 
The party's shortcomings in education have played a significant role in my departure. They have declared war on concerned parents like myself, labeling them domestic terrorists for expressing their opposition to radical curricula that disseminate sexual content to young children. The party's emphasis on progressive ideology in schools at the expense of parental involvement and a robust STEM education raises legitimate concerns about the future preparedness of our children. It's time to shift our focus back to the fundamentals that ensure our children's success, thereby building a foundation for a more prosperous society. Also, the Democrat Party's shift towards identity politics has steered us away from the timeless belief of judging individuals by their character and not by the color of their skin or similar characteristics. The weaponization of race and gender identity for partisan political purposes does a significant disservice to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy and is a detriment to us all. Politics to me is about Addition, not division. It is meant to unite us as a nation where we can put aside our differences on some issues to come together as one cohesive unit. However, the Democrats' tendency to label dissenters as extreme, shutting down meaningful discourse, has veered away from the principles I believe are essential for a thriving democracy. In my years as part of the Democratic Party, I witnessed a hesitancy and at points clearer unwillingness to address critical issues for fear of alienating segments of the party. In looking at the Democrat Party's vision for an ideal world, a very concerning reality emerges. They imagine a country where dissent from the powers that be results in punishment. Now, there are about three other paragraphs to this gentleman's letter and they are the most powerful for time reasons. We're going to punt those to the next half hour. Do not go anywhere because the idea, you see it. The polling, the people showing up who've never voted before, the people who are walking away because they are done. If that is you, welcome home. Back right after this on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back, my friends. So I want to get back out to this article. And these are sorts of these are things that are fascinating to pay attention to. We can identify trends. We can pay attention to how people are feeling. We can pay attention to these polls. And when the polls start lining up with what you're seeing, what you're hearing in your communities, what you're paying attention to when you listen to your children, I think it's noteworthy. And so before the break, I was reading this opinion piece, a commentary, by a gentleman, let's see, named Will Pierce. And he was part of Bernie's presidential run, part of Joe Biden's kind of exploratory commissions, et cetera, et cetera. He was a diehard Democrat. He's walking away from the party, and in this letter... He's explaining why. And I want to finish it before I pivot over to what's going on at CNN. Because it's crazy, my friends. It's crazy and it's good crazy. And by golly, we freaking deserve that. This is what Will Pierce says. I'm walking away. Literally could be considered a Democrat socialist. Done. Walking away. He's a dad. He sees what's going on in school. He sees it all. 
in looking at the Democratic Party's vision for an ideal world, a very concerning reality emerges. They imagine a country where dissent from the powers that be results in punishment. The term equity has lost its true meaning as the party struggles to understand its use in a diverse nation. What was once a noble pursuit of justice and fairness has been corrupted within democratic circles, diluting its significance to the point where it has lost any meaning. It's like racism. If everything is racist, is anything actually racist? And isn't that dangerous? It's the ubiquitousness of crazy. The party's attempts to champion equity now seem to prioritize ideological conformity. Go trans! Over the genuine pursuit of justice, leaving a void in the very principles that should guide our efforts toward a more inclusive and just society. As I've grown older, he says, my priorities have shifted towards ensuring that my tax dollars contribute to the welfare of our children. Yes, you've messed with the wrong people and we've taken it and we're done. We're done. Support for the less fortunate and secure national defense. Unfortunately, the Democratic Party's current focus involves burdensome taxation, prioritizing foreign aid over domestic needs, and accumulating debt that compromises our national security. Democrat policies paint a bleak picture of a country where a significant portion of people's hard-earned wages are funneled into an ever-expanding government, leaving individuals working tirelessly to make ends meet. Yes, yes, and yes. This difference between stated values and actual behavior undermines the trust citizens should be able to place in their government. And as I reflect on these issues, I'm compelled to seek a political home that aligns with a commitment to judging individuals by their character, fostering accountability and advancing the well-being of all Americans. Yes! Finally, Will Pierce closes with this. By joining the Republican Party, I am not abandoning my values. Instead, I'm seeking a political home that aligns more closely with my vision for a free, united, and prosperous America. The Republican Party, with its emphasis on individual freedoms, fiscal responsibility, and a commitment to addressing the concerns of all Americans, offers a new path forward, one that I am eager to explore as I re-enter the political arena. This is everything we're talking about today. It's my opening monologue. Pins and needles worrying about my kid who's worked his ass off to do everything to be extraordinary and to learn by that journey. To be a really good human being who's got a terrific, terrific future at the mercy of woke garbage. The polls show the discontent, friends. It's not a mystery. People are tired and they're broke and they're angry. And Democrats know it. Fareed Zakaria is not somebody on CNN I would typically agree with, though I find he to be like 
Van Jones on occasion. I personally really, really like Van Jones. I disagree with him on a whole lot of things, but when he's on the money and he's being intellectually honest, and he probably always is in his heart, I don't think there is a stronger voice out there on the left. Fareed Zakari calls out higher education as a place to push political agendas in a blistering six minutes. And I, I, I went through all of it and was like, I can't cut. There's no cutting this out. It's too good. Because it's too, it's too obvious. U.S. colleges and universities used to be centers of excellence. I think we could agree. But they're now institutions pushing political agendas. And Fareed Zakaria on CNN drops his t- truth bomb in this very honest dissertation, if you will. Audio soundbite number one. And it really is based on Where's the excellence? Where's the quest for excellence? It used to be what it is, and it's not anymore. Go. American universities have been neglecting a core focus on excellence in order to pursue a variety of agendas, many of them clustered around diversity and inclusion. It started with the best of intentions. Colleges wanted to make sure young people of all backgrounds had access to higher education and felt comfortable on campus. But those good intentions have morphed into a dogmatic ideology and turned these universities into places where the pervasive goals are political and social engineering, not academic merit. Factual. By the way, good intentions are emotional things. There were good intentions, presumably, with climate change. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it was all a total scam. Maybe this was the globalists' linchpin. If we can't get them in line with the virus, if we can't get everybody in the cattle shoot of clone trooper obeyance, maybe, just maybe, we'll scare the everlasting liver out of them and tell them that they're selfish and destroying the planet. I don't know. Was there ever a good intention there? It's always based on emotion, though. It's not on fact. Show me how me doing something, giving up something, modifying my behavior is actually going to do something that's beneficial for somebody else. Because when you can't and all you give me is flow charts of suck with made up data and when the data get called out and you say, oh, that was a coding error. Oh, that was a glitch. Oh, with it, some miscommunication. We know because we're not stupid. And they want you to be stupid. Audio soundbite two, CNN's Fareed Zakaria. Hiring is not based on how good you are, how talented you are, what you bring to a university or a college, but rather all this outward stuff that doesn't matter. Go. In the humanities, hiring for new academic positions now appears to center on the race and gender of the applicant as well as the subject matter, which needs to be about marginalized groups. A white man studying the American presidency does not have a prayer of getting tenure at a major history department in America today. Great inflation in the humanities is rampant. At Yale, the median grade is now an A. New subjects crop up that are really political agendas, not academic fields. You can now major in diversity, equity, and inclusion at some colleges. I know. This is the sound of my face blowing off. You can now major in suck? Is that like the African diaspora? Or all these esoteric things? What are you going to do with that? 
besides fail upwards in academia like Claudine Gay. And all of this do-goodery is predicated on needing a victim. Who's the victim? For a while, it was the black community. Let us swoop in on our white horse, said the Democrat Party. Let us save you. Vote for us and a new destiny will come. Except it never came. Now it's the T's. Not the L's or the B's. It's the T's. Fall over for the T's, please. This diversity and equity garbage forces a bloated bureaucracy on campuses, which limits conservative viewpoints and creates harm by language. I need to save space. Don't say that. You might offend me. <gasps> what? You have what flag up? I can't tolerate it. You know what? Some people just need a punch in the throat every now and again. All of this deserves that audio soundbite number three. The ever-growing bureaucracy devoted to diversity, equity, and inclusion naturally recommends that more time and energy be spent on these issues. The most obvious lack of diversity at universities, political diversity, which clearly affects their ability to analyze many issues, is never addressed, showing that these goals are not centrally related to achieving or sustaining or building excellence. Out of this culture of diversity has grown the collection of ideas and practices that we have now all heard of. Safe spaces, trigger warnings, microaggressions. As the authors Jonathan Haidt and Greg Lukianoff have discussed, many of these colleges have instituted speech codes that make it a violation of university rules to say things that some groups might find offensive. Universities advise students not to speak, act, even dress in ways that might cause offense to some minority groups. Yes, Fareed, yes. So why is it that Jews are not part of this class of people who demands and should deserve protecting? Audio soundbite four. With this culture of virtue signaling growing, the George Floyd protests erupted and many universities latched on and issued statements effectively aligning their institutions with these protests. By my memory, few took such steps even after 9-11 or during the Iraq war. In this context, it is understandable that Jewish groups would wonder, why do safe spaces, microaggressions, and hate speech not apply to us? If universities can take positions against free speech to make some groups feel safe, why not us? Having coddled so many student groups for so long, university administrators found themselves squirming, unable to explain why certain groups, Jews, Asians, don't seem to count in these conversations. Amen. Why don't Jews and Asians count? But what he says finally is the point of no return. And when CNN's Fareed Zakaria says, we've reached it, buckle up. It's next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. All right, so when I agree with CNN, I'm, I'm a little worried. I will be abundantly clear with you here. I often don't like hearing these people talk, but I believe you can only, you can only lie. You can only carry the water, toe the line, 
for so long before something of crazy finds its way into your reality and you can't unsee it. And this has happened in the higher education realm with Fareed Zakaria, contributor on CNN. His final comment in this, what I believe and I've described, and it's true, is a blistering and though he's dull to listen to, what he says is important and he's right on the money. We've reached this point of no return and it's time for these colleges and universities to get back to what they were supposed to be all about, which is centers of learning. Go. Having gone so far down the ideological path, these universities and these presidents could not make the case clearly that at the center of a university is the free expression of ideas and that while harassment and intimidation would not be tolerated, offensive speech would and should be protected. As CNN's Van Jones has eloquently said, the point of college is to keep you physically safe, but mm -hmm. intellectually unsafe, to force you to confront ideas that you vehemently disagree with. What we saw in the House hearing this week was the inevitable result of decades of the politicization of universities. Yes. America's top colleges are no longer seen as bastions of excellence, but partisan outfits which means they will keep getting buffeted by these political storms as they emerge. They should abandon this long misadventure into politics, retrain their gaze on their core strengths, and rebuild their reputations as centers of research and learning. Mr. Zakaria, I could not agree with you anymore, and I hope, as God is my witness, that the changes that you submit that do need to be made happen fast enough for my youngest sons as they walk this path. Because the way it is now is untenable. I want to lead you also into this CNN poll since we're doing a CNN kumbaya. How about this? Trump opens double-digit lead over Biden in... dot, dot, dot. Where do you think? Michigan. What? What is going on? All of a sudden, these people are, are speaking the truth, and these polls are showing what I, I've been seeing and feeling in my heart for way too long. Let's go. Former President Donald Trump has a double-digit lead over President Joe Biden in the key swing state of Michigan, the latest CNN poll has found. The survey showed Trump leading Biden nationally by eight... 39% to Biden's 31% in a race that includes independent candidates. The gap, however, only grows in individual states such as Michigan, where Trump is now leading Biden by 10 points, 50% to Biden's 40. And another 10% say they wouldn't support either candidate. We heard them talking about that with Steve Kornacki on MSNBC, but it goes on further the survey showed trump leading biden by five points in georgia 49 percent to 44 percent what per cnn trump's margin over biden in the hypothetical matchup is significantly boosted by support from voters who say they did not cast a ballot in 2020 
With these voters breaking in Trump's favor by 26 points in Georgia and 40 points in Michigan. Those who report having voted in 2020 say they broke for Biden over Trump in that election. But as of now, they tilt in Trump's favor for 2024 in both states, with Biden holding on to fewer of his 2020 backers than does Trump. For a greater perspective, Trump won Michigan in 2016 by 0.3 percent but he lost the state in 2020 by 2.8 percent i'm going to add my own allegedly all right that's what they're saying the michigan poll was taken from november 29th to december 6th among 1197 registered voters and the georgia poll was taken from november 30th to december 7th among 1068 registered voters Trump's lead in Michigan outside the survey's 3.4% margin of error. And it is outside Georgia's 3.3% margin of error as well. And this coincides with several other surveys showing Trump leading Biden. Key swing states, Bloomberg News, showing him leading Biden in Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, and tying in Michigan. They know what is coming. It is a frigging landslide. And I'm going to say it's not because of Donald Trump. It's because a, a democracy, a constitutional republic, can only bend to the whims of crazy so far and for so long until that quiet, unnoticed, forgotten man or woman steps forward. And that is what we are seeing. All right, hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Moments away, my dear friends. Where are we going to go with this? Well, the special prosecutor, Jack Smith, sounds kind of desperate. I mean, he's groveling to the Supreme Court, deciding to bounce over the appellate court, asking for a quick nod of the high court to make sure something very specific happens to Donald Trump before the November general election what it is and why it's so disgusting next on the wendy bell radio network